Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. I am your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding as we look ahead to the weekend's racing. And specifically, the feature race of the weekend on Saturday is, of course, the Eclipse. Uh, Andy, how are you getting on? I-, I know you've just told me that you probably won't be watching the Eclipse live, will you? Because you've got um, slightly e- even better tickets uh, for-, for the weekend. Yeah, it's a real great sporting weekend, isn't it? Um, we've got, obviously, the Ashes Cricket. It'll be day three then, won't it? Yeah, um, it's nicely poised already at this morning as we speak. A couple of wickets down. Um, no, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, small matter of um, Wimbledon. Um, hoping that Andy Murray gets through from a personal level. Yeah, because we'll be going down to Wimbledon on Saturday, and then obviously the racing as well. So uh, eyes are going to be everywhere. Yeah, it should be really, really good. Looking forward to seeing um, you know, how. Murray gets on this evening. Hopefully, by the time people are watching, listening to this, he's not out of Wimbledon already. And hopefully, the England players can bounce back in the cricket. But this is a racing preview. We are going to be going through the cards, or at least the, the races that we can go through with prices uh, on the Checker site at Sandown. And we'll have a quick look over the Lancashire Oaks and the, the old Newton Cup as well at Haydock. So, and this is a, a Saturday tour, but focusing on, of course, the Eclipse. And, and Andy, the weather's been a bit. Um, unsettled over the last few days. We've seen some rain here around London, uh, which is, of course, where Sandown is. Do we anticipate any change in terms of, of, of what we'll get from the going that we've had previously in the season? No, it's going to be drying out all the time, I'd imagine. I think that's the last of the rain we've seen for the next three or four days anyway, at least looking at the long-range forecast. Um, going to get quite hot temperatures, I think, in the in the London area. So Sandown's going to be drying out from the good to soft, soft in places that we saw after that rain, as you've quite rightly pointed out the other day, um, still a little bit of a concern if you're on a good to firm or fast ground horse, particularly on the round track. I think the round track will probably ride slower than that straight track. We're going to be dealing with um, at least one straight track race up the, up the five furlong shoot at Sandown. I don't think that'd be too effective, but um, yeah, there might just be a little bit uh, of ease still in the surface uh, come Saturday. Good stuff. Well, let's get into the racing now. And as ever, I'll be talking in reference to the best prices up on the Odds Checker Grids or on the app. So do make sure you do download the app where you can find the best prices, book your offers, free bets, pace terms, crucially. And of course, Andy's tips and other tips to app, uh, tips straight to the app every morning of racing. Uh, good opener at Sandown on Saturday, the 150 is the uh, the sprint over five furlongs, where Marshman is the 11 to 2 favourite ahead of Equilateral. At six to one, Anaf also six to one. Get ahead is seven to one. Equality eight to one. Russell, Tiber Flow both ten to one. Fourteen to one bar those. Andy, how can you get us off the mark with a winner in the opening at Sandown on Saturday? Yeah, hopefully. I, I don't think there's a huge amount between a lot of these horses here. Um, they're all on that. They're all on their day. Uh, capable of winning a race of this nature. A lot of them ran in the. King stand stakes to various degrees of uh, good and bad form, depending on where they were drawn either side of the track. The one who came out top was Anaf, but unfortunately with Arf and his supporters, he's going to bag stall 11 here at Sandown, which is not absolutely ideal. Now, crucially, I don't think necessarily you want to be racing from stall one all the way through this race, because in recent times that probably hasn't been that favourable, but there's been a little bit of a shift um, this season in comparison to others, i.e. horses that have um, plotted a course at the inside rail have been uh, victorious so it's not quite the dead rail that it was perhaps 18 to months to two years ago um, but I do think life is going to be quite difficult for an app to win from stall 11. Uh, the two are quite like here actually um, 
couple of the outsiders of the field, but I, I don't think they should be dismissed. They've very much been priced up, I think, on their ratings, but as I said, I think ratings completely go out the window when you're looking at sprint races at Sandown with the draw, et cetera, et cetera. The two fillies down at the bottom, the one two I want to concentrate on, Makarova, who finished fourth, a good fourth of that as well, in a good race at Haydock a couple of runs ago, suggesting that you know she is very much worthy of uh, listing stroke uh, group three class. Uh, she was, wasn't beaten too far. She was drawn on the wrong side of the track that day. So you'd certainly give her a little bit of a pass. Then she went to air next time out. Absolute bolter. Clocked a really fast time. Um, the, the, the key to that performance was, was decent ground or fastest ground. Plus the fact that Ed Walker's horses, from that moment onwards, and they're still in really good order as well. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's one of the reasons why Makarova hit the ball out of the park. She certainly comes here a little bit under the radar. She's 25 to 1, which looks an absolute ridiculous price. Can't understand why mm. she's the outside of the field. I'd put her in there with one of the sort of like the, one of the main contenders. And the other one is Lady Hamano. The only course and distance, sorry, one of only two course and distance winners in the field. Um, she had the first time cheek pieces on last time out. And I love the way she quickened up up the aforementioned um, far side of the rail in far, inside the final couple of furlongs. Um, she looked as though she was a bit in a bit of trouble too out, but once she got a bit of daylight, she really did pick up quite takingly. But I thought, you know, a similar feel to this, albeit at smaller numbers. So my strategy here is to play a couple against the field. I presume there'll be a few firms betting four places on Saturday. If we can get sort of 20, 25 to one Makarova and in and around the sort of 14, 16 to one mark, if you shop around for a Lady Hamana, um, one's drawn one and the other one's drawn seven. So not too badly done on the draw. But both of those two each way in the first race, I'd be mildly surprised if uh, one of those doesn't at least give us a decent run for our money. Yeah, Makarova best price, 25 to 1 as it stands at the moment. That's with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. A couple of firms have already gone to four places. Hills and Betfred, 14 to 1 with both of those. But we might see some other firms sticking their neck out in the next couple of, well, in the in the, in the next 24 hours or so. Uh, Lady Hamana, best price, 18 to 1. That's with Bet Victor. Um, and the two firms playing four places. Betfred are 16 to 1, 14 to 1 about William Hill. So two against the field there for Andy in the first. Um, Makrova and Lady Hamana. Uh, on to the, uh, the challenge handicap over a mile uh, on the round course where we've got uh, Indemnify is the 13 to 2 favourite ahead of Perotto at 7 to 1, Uzo 8 to 1, Skeptic 10 to 1, Dutch Decoy 10 to 1, uh, Silent Film is 12 to 1, uh, Intelligent 14 to 1 with Spirit Catcher and Maysong 16 to 1 bar those. Well, the positive is one uh, interesting priced up where um, you've got Paddy's and Betfair Sportsbook going 8 to 1, 16 to 1 their best price uh, at Coral. How do you see this, Andy? Again, a race that probably surrounds uh, the draw. We've got 15 runners, and it depends where they end up racing down down the uh, down the home straight. Sometimes, with a little bit of ease in the ground, they can migrate over towards the stand. So I'm not sure whether that'll take place or not. But I'd certainly be monitoring it anyway, um, one way or the other. Uh, Uzo, definitely first name on the list. He ran third in this race last year. He was a bit unlucky as well. He got trapped in behind a wall of horses, and Sinjari got first run on him. Uh, but once he got into a little bit of daylight, he picked up quite well. He's had a really good campaign so far this year, mostly out in the desert in Maydan, where he was always on the periphery of those big seven furlong strike mile handicaps. And he did that as well from a, a series of bad draws. He was always seen to be posted out on the wing. Um, he ran really well in the Royal Hunt Cup. That was his first run for a little while back, um, 17 days ago, when he finished uh, sixth behind uh, the very easy winner, Jimi Hendrix. Again, he was on the wrong side. Uh, but I thought he kept on really well. You know, six of 30 runners in, in, in a competitive race of that, of that nature um, suggests he's, he's in great order. 
this I think is similar in in with regards to class, but certainly numerically it'll certainly make life a lot more easier for him. He's drawn nicely in store five. He's a previous course winner here at Sandown. Um, he goes on any ground. Um, I don't see any reason why he won't go well. Um, two horses that ran well here at the uh, last meeting, um, lock-ons again, uh, Dutch Decoy and Maysong. Uh, they were first and second respectively. Now, Dutch Decoy came from a long, long way back the other day, finished second. I've got a sneaky feeling that might well be the case again because that horse is drawn 15 to 15. Had Charlie Johnson's horse been drawn any better than that, I think I probably would have made him an automatic choice to go on the list. So with that in mind, I'd probably stick May Sung up as my second selection. Um, um, ran at Hamilton the other day, didn't get the clearest to runs, but once burst out into the clear, finished off very strongly, as it did when winning here two runs ago. Likes a stiff track, likes it here at Sandown. Just remains in excellent heart despite a fairly industrious campaign. Um, and probably still doesn't get the respect it deserves. So May Sung's definitely a... Uh, backup choice or a, 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 an alternative to Uzo, who um, looks a very, very solid pick down the front end of the market. Top price eight to one doesn't look a bad show. Mm. Yeah, top price eight to one with Coral, who are, and Labricks were three places, but you can get 15 to two in five places at William Hill, so that might be the way to play this if you're going to be betting each way. And Maysong 14 to one with Coral and Bet Victor 12 to one elsewhere. So again, uh, there for Andy, a couple. Uh, against the field um, and I'm sure as you look at the odds checker grids over the next 24 hours or so a few more firms will be sticking their neck out when it comes to place terms um, onto the distaff now where Brige is the 5-2 to two favourite um, with Coral and Labrooks as short as 7-4 to four elsewhere uh, Stenton Glider 9-2 to two, Magical Sunset 7-1 to one, Bridestones 8-1 to one, Black Sea Dar and uh, Corsi Bela uh, both 12-1 to 16-1 to one bar uh, Andy who do you fancy in the distaff? Yeah, quite a weak race, this. Um, mm. no, no, no real standout filly. Um, it's, it, you, could, you can understand why Breezy's favourite. She finishes a really creditable second, didn't she, to Coppice. In effectively, what was a, a listed stroke group three race? I know it was a handicap in all but name, but you know you had some top quality fillies in that race that would and are likely to do uh, just as well in Patton Company further down the line. Um, and her running the Guinness suggested that, obviously, Connections thought she was Good enough to take part in that. She didn't run too badly, finished seventh of the 11 runners that day, beating 11 lengths. So she's certainly up to this level. Um, she's just got a bit of a tricky draw to overcome, as I talked about. Not sure how Store 12 is going to pan out. If they race wide off the rail, that could be a good draw. And if they race around the inside and come up the far side rail in the straight, that could be a bad draw. So with that in mind, I'll probably go with Stenton Glider, slightly better, more fortuitously berthed in Store 10. Ran an excellent race in the German 1000 Guineas last time out. I'm not sure the standard of the winner that day. I, I, I must admit, I don't know much uh, about Habana, but Habana won very easily. But given that Stenton Glider beat Dream to Love fairly comfortably, who finished third. Now, Dream to Love, I think, would be nearly favourite to win this, arguably, mm. uh, with the reputation that she's got. Uh, and to my eye, anyway, that German 1000 Guineas looked to be a very strongly run race. I like the way she hit the line. She was really strong inside the last furlong. You can go back and watch that race on YouTube like I have. Um, so I think this stiffer track will really play into the strength of Hugo Palmer's charge. I don't think this race is anywhere near the level of the German Guineas. Yeah, they were talking the obviously Group 1 level, Group 2 level. Uh, so this is a step down in grade. Uh, and I see it just if the equal, if not better than Breeze. Uh, a quick word for Backseat Dar as well, the top one. I'm not sure whether she's quite the standard of this yet, but I was impressed with her when she won at Newbury. And she could easily be better than her mark of 87 suggests. She's quite a scopey filly. And connections were obviously looking after her. A bit of black type with her, but Stanton Glider, 
Stenton Glide around about nine to two looks a really, really solid each way bet if you can get three or four, well, four places come Saturday. Yeah, you can now as well, four places with hills. So Stenton Glide are 92 best price and best place terms, um, nine to two, uh, four places. Andy's pick there in the distaff. Uh, on then to the feature race of the day, and uh, we've got a four-runner eclipse. I think the last time we saw a four-runner eclipse was only two years ago when St. Mark's Basilica won back in 2021. Um, classically, you know, never big fields here, but normally a few more than four. But it looks like a mouth-watering match bet nonetheless between Paddington, who is the 11-10 to favourite, and Emily Upjohn, who is 5-4. to four. A couple of firms disagreeing on that. Uh, bet365, for example, have... Uh, sorry, no, Skybet, for example, have Emily Upjohn as the favourite uh, going into this. But most firms having Paddington just a couple of ticks shorter. Uh, Dubai Honour um, is 11 to 1 and West Wind blows 28 to 1. Uh, Andy, how, where do you, do you think Paddington the right favourite at this stage? Um, depends on which way you see, really. I mean, a lot of people will obviously look at the weight for age and the three the improving three-year-old and go without the stats, say that that is the generation that tends to dominate this race. But we are dealing with a very, very high-class filly, as we know, in the shape of Emily Upjohn, plus the fact that She's had a lighter campaign, very much trained with this race in mind, I suggest, by connections. Obviously, Coral, the, the um, Coronation Stakes was the first port of call, which she um, took in pretty devastating fashion. She always looked in control that day and beat a really good field. I like the fact that she's also won at this track as well, albeit um, uh, a, a year or two ago. Um, so, you know, she's got to obviously rely on her memory bank to kind of uh, reacquaint herself with the Isha Slopes. But... I think this stiff mile and a quarter really playing to her hands. I'm hoping that West Wind Blows will probably make a, a reasonable pace because that horse took took the field along at Royal Ascot and finished a very creditable second. So there's no real reason why they wouldn't press forward again. And given that there's no obvious for the front runner in the race, I think the best way if you're a, a West Wind Blows um, set of connections, then you, you'd, you'd probably want to make plenty of use of that horse. So... With that in mind, I think for, uh, William Buke will have the license to, to track West Wind Blows and hopefully her stamina will be the uh, key component in the in the strike because we don't know whether Paddington will, will stay. I mean, he looks like he will. The, the, the theory is that he might even get further, further down the line. But as it is at the moment, I'd rather go with the proven horse over the C&D who's got plenty of stamina and a touch of class as well and has had a lighter campaign. So I'll be with Emily Upjohn in the, uh, in the Eclipse. Emily Upjohn at five to four. Um, I mean, I always think with these, you can always get caught up in the top two in the market. Do we have to give credit or any chance to, to Dubai Honor or West Wind Blows here? Or do you think this is a, a proper match between the two class horses in the race? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're both quality horses in their own right. But I think the other two definitely are class apart. I think Emily Upjohn is the probably best of this generation at the moment, um, around a mile and a quarter, mile and a half, certainly on the evidence of what we've seen in the last... 12 months or so, you know, like I said, that Coronation Stakes win was uh, was pretty devastating. Mm. And Paddington's the easily the the leading three-year-old, isn't he? Yeah. Um, we weren't sure about that prior to Asuka, but I think coming out of Asuka, I think he was more devastating than Tahira was uh, when she won the uh, the Coronation. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating race between the two, and tactically, it's going to be absorbing. Um, it's a shame there is only four runners. I think the executives all you know, sort of sugarcoat it as best as they can. But, it, it, you know, for a, for a group one race, you, you just don't want to be seeing a four on the field, do you? Um, we haven't had a race like this for a while with such a small field, which uh, is, a, is a bit of a, um, a a damning indictment. But either way, um, it is what it is. And we've just got to um, enjoy the spectacle and hope it, hope it works out to be a decent race.
Yeah, indeed. Uh, indeed, we do. And I'm sure it will be. Promises uh, a lot. And looking forward to that on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we don't have any prices for the last two races on the card at Sandown on Saturday. Uh, we've got the uh, two handicaps at a mile and two and seven furlongs uh, and then the final mile two as well. Anything in those, Andy, this stage? No prices, but any uh, in the tracker? Yeah, there's a couple of horses that uh, <coughs> fought out of finish here last time out, which I think are worth looking at. Paradis and Lord Protector. Paradis came out on top over Rafe Beckett's charge, but the time figure was really good for that race, and I've just monitored the form uh, subsequently. It's worked out pretty well, um, but it's worked out very well. I've put up two horses out of my out of that race on my column um, subsequently. Uh, Youthful King won, won last week for me at uh, Windsor, ran about 6-1, to one, made all the running, and that horse finished third. And Sweet re- Reward uh, was a winner for me last night at Epsom. That horse finished fifth. So mm. the time figure of that race at Sandown over the course and distance has been very much boosted. Uh, and I think it's quite significant that connections are rolling the dice here with Paladay because uh, Alan King's charge was in the John Smith's Cup for next week. And I, I'm not sure whether they, they think he's going to get in. I think he needs quite a few to drop out because he's, uh, he's a little bit down the list. Um, only rated 95. So they don't want to kind of like miss the boat two weeks running. So I think they're trying to uh, you know, crack on while they've got a chance of, um, you know, getting into a race. So Paladay and Lord Protector would be very much my two to consider in the 415. I've got no real opinion in the 450, but there's a nice horse of Gary Moore's running in the last race called Miller Spirit. Now, he's running a couple of main races this season that have been of a very decent standard, and I don't think he's been fully wound up yet, fully tuned mm. up. So I- I'd expect him big improvement on his first start in a handicap uh, off a mark of 78 he's, he's a horse that i've been keeping on on the right side of or want to keep on the right side of so uh, yeah he's an interesting runner in the last at a track though of course gary moore always seems to do tra- traditionally well at both over the jumps and on the flat yeah miller spirit an interesting runner there first time in a handicap never needs much persuading in my book um there in the 525 and then uh, two to take out of the 415 law protector and paradis uh, over to haydock quickly where we've got the lancashire oaks to start with uh, the 240 this is a third race on the card where mimi q is the 11 to 8 favorite ahead of sea silk road at nine to two uh aristia six to one time lock 17 to two poptronic 14 to one uh, louisa cassati 14 to one 16 to one bar those uh, andy any of you here yeah, I was, I was quite impressed with um, C Silk Road um, when she came from a long way back to win here last time out. Now, that was a step down from the race that she took part in first time out against Free Wind. Um, she looked as though she needed a run as well uh, on that occasion, but she was a, m- a lot more switched on and tuned up to what was required here 28 days ago. And, um, yeah, I'm just really sticking to the tried and trusted formula of going with a course and distance. That last time out winner who um, turns up here in good shape. Now, again, I'm looking at, you know, like an each-way price here. Um, She's got a good draw. The yard seems to have just clicked into a bit of form as well. There's been one or two murmurings around uh, social media in certain chat rooms that perhaps the William Haggis team haven't been in the greatest of form recently, but the tide seems to be turning. I did did notice he's had three or four winners in the last um, few days, so... um, a little bit of an upturn there. So, yeah, Cecil Road, because a good winner last time out. I don't think this race is that much different, um, other than Mimikyu. Obviously, you've got to respect Mimikyu. Again, another C&D winner taking a bit of a drop in grade. But um, I do like Haggis with his fillies. Um, so, yeah, she, she would do for me here. 
Cecil Crowe there, yeah, 92 across the board um, against the favourite Mimi Q. All firms currently three places with nine runners um, as it stands. Uh, and finally, the Old Newton Cup, uh, which is a 3.15 at Haydock on Saturday. Uh, Laya Yakel is the 5-1 to favourite, had a sheer rocks at 7-1. to uh, Kamal Omnibus is 15 to 2, Maxud 8 to 1, 11 to 1, uh, Tomasus Fox uh, 12 to 1, bar the rest. Uh, Skybet currently paying six places as it stands now. A couple of others are five places. Yeah, this one's a choppy one. Whether I'll put anything up uh, out of my column in, on this race, um, it remains to be seen. Yala Kel has been a talking horse for the last sort of 12 months, and it was favourite to win a race at the. Um, Last meeting at York, uh, and they it didn't make the gig because the because of the ground, so they shouldn't have any complaints regards conditions. I think sometimes it's been a bit too firm for it, but um, not, shouldn't shouldn't have that as a, as a problem this weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like Julian Imbus, a horse that Charlie Fellows has done an incredibly good job with over the last twelve months. Seems to be improving at rapid rate or not. Very much a heart on his sleeve horse, off in front. But he just keeps battling. Every time that horses come at him, he just keeps finding and finding and finding. He turns them away. So I think he's got a really good heart. Whether we can do it again in a sort of big field again um, that he's used to running against, I, I, you couldn't be absolutely 100% sure, but he'll give it a good lash. And, and the other one that catches the eye who ran in that race that Kylian Nimbus won last time, that was one smooth operator, uh, very much uh, named after you, I would have thought. Um, George, I don't think there'll be any complaints about that. Um but he got an absolute horrible run through the other day uh, beyond Cooley on Imbus. Um, everywhere that um, Ben Robinson was looking for, the door kept getting slammed in his face. Uh, and he ended up finishing um, just down behind the coattails of the, of the main players uh, with plenty of running left in his legs. He's drawn stall 18, which I think is a little bit of an inconvenience, but he is a holder horse anyway. So I suppose if he was drawn one or 18, it wouldn't make too much material difference with him. But he's another one to consider at a big prize. But Cooley on Imbus, I like him. I like his attitude. And, and I'm just sticking to horses that we know operate at a certain track, and this horse definitely does. That long straight really suits him. Cumulo Nimbus is 15 to 2. That's with Bet 3. Sorry, that's with William Hill, who are five places. And uh, one smooth operator, 14 to 1 with the same firm hills. Um, best price, five places. Thank you very much to Andy for showing his thoughts ahead of Saturday's racing at Sand down and at Haydock. Uh, make sure you do download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices. Book you offers free bets. And Andy's tips straight to the app every single morning of racing. We'll have to be back next week with another Odds Checker betting show. So make sure you subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find all of these shows and Racing Weekly every Monday as well. Thank you very much for taking the time to watch this. Do enjoy the bumper weekend of sports and please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly. <laughs>